back. Welcome once again to another episode of Mike, Mike, and Oscar, part three of our 2020 year in preview. Hopefully the last part, giving you the picks, the 100% accurate picks and predictions for the 2021 Academy Awards, what they will be and what the awards, the biggest awards will be given out next end of February, God mm-hmm. willing, not the mm-hmm. beginning of February anymore because we can't live like that uh, as as pundits and as an industry. I'm your co-host, Mike Juan. This is co-host also, Mike. Yeah, we are three or four days to the year, depending on when you're listening yeah. to this, when we get these Oscar announcements that will confirm our 100% accurate picks. There you so go. FYI, uh, those are coming. Don't go back to last year and check. <laughs> We were right. Nobody we, needs to check. Just we were, take our yeah, we were 100% right. We don't false advertise. We were 100% right. Uh, but th- this is always a fun series for us. And this particular year, we actually did three parts with it. We did a Netflix episode with Andrew of the Nomcast to start things off. We had Daniel uh, Howitt of the Screeners Pod on. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also from Next Best Picture. And we talked about a bunch of other Oscar contending movies. We are going to kind of pick up some pieces of the research that I've done lately because I keep finding more movies. There's and always more. I don't think it's your fault. I always expand my research, though, for the picks portion yeah. of this series. And I always forget to remember to expand my research earlier so that we don't have to do this extra addendum kind of intro to this episode I where always we talk about more movies. to remember. Sounds like a Nicholas Sparks adaptation. I can see the rolling water by the sea and your lover running towards you with her arms outstretched. I'll take it. All right. <laughs> So that's what we have in store for you guys today. Like Mike just said, we're going to run down some movies to finish off our recap of everything, our our preview, to finish off the recap of our preview of setting the table of 2020. Hopefully we'll have touched on all the possibly contending films by the end of that. And then following that, much like we've done the last couple of years, we will be giving you the biggest categories for the Oscars with our 100% accurate picks. We will give you the full list of nominees, what they will be, including at the end of the episode, we will cap this all off, picking the eventual winners. Now you're going to ask yourself when we get to that point, how can you both be right if you're picking two different winners for all the major categories? Our advice is don't worry about it, just trust us. Just trust us. Also, in terms of the nominations, we're going to pick a total of six, probably cross over once, yeah. I think, seamlessly every right. time. So that means we're going to pick the five. Right. Eventually, at some point, everything in this will be correct. Mm-hmm. And we, we kind of had a get-out-of-jail-free card last year when we said, well, this movie won't come out until 2020 anyway, so we're fine. Uh, expect that excuse to be worked in a couple times throughout this episode A lot as of excuses. Well. <laughs> this is this is an excuse-filled episode. But no, this is fun. And bottom line is it's a, it's a year-in-preview series. We're going to set the table yes. for your entire year of movie watching. That is the point of it. And we're trying to give you guys a heads up of what you can expect and uh, kind of be looking forward to and keeping your ear to the ground for as far as the upcoming award season. So let's get right into it. Michael movies we missed and again we're going to continue these profiles like we did last episode and in this segment last year it was pretty important because Joker Jojo Rabbit and Bombshell were included in the segment so yeah some of these movies might be that big at the end of the day all right here's uh, alphabetically I think I listed them alphabetically we're going to start with breaking news in Yuba country this star is starring Aquafina, Mila Kunis Allison Janney it's about a uh, woman who catches her husband in bed with another woman she causes him to die of a heart attack then she buries his body and takes advantage of the growing celebrity status that comes from having a missing husband 
However, she soon finds herself in over her head dodging cops and criminals, all while trying to hide the truth, Michael. So based on the facts of the case here and the synopsis of the movie, I was expecting this to be a comedy with some spy who dumped me type hijinks, but IMDb has this movie listed as a crime slash drama slash thriller, even though Wikipedia suggests it's a dramedy. And you would think that looking at the people attached behind the scenes could maybe provide some clarity, but Tate Taylor is the director of this. He's done everything from Ma to the girl on the train to the help, right. which doesn't help provide any clarity whatsoever. And then writer Amanda Idoku. Uh, Adoka, I apologize if I mispronounce the name, but I mispronounce the name because this is her first feature writing credit. So I don't know what this movie's going to be. If Octavia Spencer is a cop in this movie, <laughs> yes. she just shows up as a cop. Are you afraid of her and rooting for the other person? Or you, just you feel the, at ease? I think after like Ma and seeing what she's capable <laughs> of on film and her range, anytime she shows up from now on, I will have a general sense of unease. The only actress I can't trust at all is Rosamund Pike because I don't yeah, think she's right, Rosamund correct. Pike. I think no, she's the uh, character from Gone Girl. That's a, cor- that's a correct answer. Right. So, and Octavia Spencer just climbing the ladder. As much as, as charming and as endearing and charismatic as she is, I know there's evil behind those eyes now. Ma was an uh, impressionable movie <laughs> yes. on both of us. All right, The Eyes of Tammy Faye. This stars Jessica Chastain, Andrew Garfield, and Vincent D'Onofrio. The apostrophe means an, an end sound. This is, I have to explain this to you and your heritage. <laughs> from director Mike, Michael Showalter uh, he is of course the comedian from Wet Hot American Summer he's very fat he's very funny we love him and he's also the director of The Big Sick this is about televangelist Jim and Tammy Faye Backer seek redemption after their religious empire and marriage crumbles Jessica Chastain Andrew Garfield so again this would suggest to me knowing Michael Showalter that this is a comedy but I know the Tammy, Tammy Faye Baker case is like a pretty famous one, and I don't think Jessica Chastain is going to be at the head of a comedy. So I, Michael Showalter's shown his dramatic chops, right? I mean, The Big Sick was... Still funny, though. Yeah, it has, certainly has its moments of comedy, but I wouldn't classify that as a comedy movie, right? So I agree with the red flag and that this might be a dramedy that's right. not funny enough because right. it's about something serious and are we all that willing to laugh about religious stuff? After seeing The Lodge last night, my answer is <laughs> not really. Probably safe. Probably safe to land there, I think. That's where I'm at. That's where, where my headspace is right now. But no, I, I want to see it. Director of the yeah, Big Six. absolutely. Uh, Chastain, Garfield, I'm in. Connected, Mike. This is the Lord and Miller animated film starring Maya Rudolph, Abby Jacobson, Danny McBride. Premise reads, the Mitchell family road trip is interrupted by a tech uprising that threatens mankind. I think this is about uh, people fighting robots. <laughs> I read that somewhere. I think that's a safe bet <laughs> based on that synopsis. The other working title was like, it was the Mitchells versus the Machines, I think. the other Which do you title. prefer? Connected is kind of blah. Yeah, I kind of like the Mitchells versus the Machine. Yeah. yeah. And he could have gotten Rage Against the Machine to do a do the soundtrack. There. I'm sure it's they would agree. I'm $700 sure for a ticket to the Rage Against the Machine reunion concert this summer. 700 Who's the Machine exactly? I ask you that, dear listener. <laughs> September 18th is the release date for Connected for this one. This is a Sony animated picture. That may not have meant much before like 2012, but ever since Hotel Transylvania 
was given the green light and the series was pushed forward with a couple sequels and all the money it made. And especially after 2017, when Lord and Miller's Into the Spider-Verse broke that Disney Pixar streak at the Oscars, you can't say that any kind of Sony animated picture isn't one to be taken seriously now. And I would expect this one to be there. I mean, just based on nothing but the synopsis and the attached talent, this one to me is already quacking. This is not going to surprise you people, but, uh, Cloudy with a chance of meatballs should have won everything. <laughs> I agree How with, dare you? I agree with the Lord and Miller. It's too I, early. Anyway, Deep Water is the next movie here. Director Adrian Lin is what in a charge. Fan. Flash dance. Oh, decent proposal. And it's Armas uh, Ben Affleck star here. Probably will be naked there. Uh, a well-to-do husband who allows his wife to have affairs in order to avoid a divorce becomes a prime suspect in the disappearance of her lovers. Okay, so one, Ben Affleck stopped doing movies where people disappear under mysterious circumstances because it leads me to not trust but you or your co-star. good at it, though. He's very good at it. Yeah. I would force him to wear a Yankees cap if I was the director. Uh, <laughs> number two, I don't like the way this synopsis is worded. I didn't know where to... Inflect my words. Well, I didn't know where to yeah, pause. A well-to-do husband who allows his wife... To have affairs. That's problematic, right? He's uh, the one allowing... He allows her to have affairs in order to avoid a divorce. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. And then he, they end up going missing anyway. So it I sounds read like it. He's... I didn't listen to what I read. <laughs> I have that problem sometimes as well. <laughs> I don't know that this one sounds like an Oscars movie, but who knows? It could be pleasantly surprised. <laughs> you know Ron Burgundy will read everything that's on the teleprompter. <laughs> You can't. <laughs> That's what I'm turning it to. Ron, I gotta fire you. I gotta fire you. <laughs> bing, bang, boom. All right. Good morning, midnight, aka the midnight sky. Uh, every all the uh, prediction articles were saying good morning, midnight. I think the working title is now the midnight sky. This is George Clooney's next movie. He's directing in it. He's starring in it next to Felicity Jones, Tiffany Boone, Kyle Chandler, David Oyelowo, and Damian Bashir. Here is the premise. It's a post-apocalyptic tale, and it follows Augustine, a lonely scientist in the Arctic. I'm just, I'm not going to go any further. What the <laughs> hell is he doing? Good morning, midnight? I have a theory that George Clooney only likes directing movies that he can work in a, a greeting about the time of day it is into the title, because he's had Good Night and Good Luck, and now Good Morning, Midnight. So I think I don't care. I don't think he cares what exactly the premise or the plot of this movie is. He just goes on title only. Why did like, I put? It. Why did I include this here? Because George Clooney's attached that's to it. He's right. a beautiful man. I guess that's why. Yeah. Next movie, Happiest Season. This is starring Kristen Stewart, Allison Brie, Mackenzie Davis, and everyone who's in my dreams. <laughs> Director Clea Duvall. The premise reads: A young woman with a plan to propose to her girlfriend while at her family's annual holiday party. She discovers her partner hasn't yet come out to her conservative parents. I wouldn't think this is an Oscar-type movie. To me, this is kind of the comedy, the indie comedy along the lines of what was that one you were so high on this past year with the weddings? Plus one. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, right. Good Maya Erskine. Uh, I imagine this is going to be a comedy along those lines. Probably not an Oscar movie, like I said, but this is listed as a comedy slash romance on IMDb. It does have have a Thanksgiving release uh, written and directed by Clea Duvall who was Marjorie in Veep and Stokes from one of my all-time favorite underrated car That's movies right. The Faculty who I also thought was the girl from The Craft but isn't because I'm just blind when it comes to faces so 
I'm going to remember you said that. Yeah. And I'm going to quote you on it. There you go. Later. All right. When you say that this person looks exactly like that person. <laughs> I will not stand by this comment that I just made. Harry Haft is the next movie. <laughs> Strange title this one is. Director Barry Levinson of Rain on, uh, Rain on Me. Rain Man. <laughs> Starring Ben Foster. Is this the year of Ben Foster? Vicky, Vicky Crepes, Danny DeVito, Peter Sarsgaard, John Leguizamo. The a lot of people have been knocking at the door of some high prominent roles. Yes, uh, sir. The film is set post-World War II, and Harry Haft is apparently a boxer who fought fellow prisoners in the concentration camps to survive. I feel like IMDb or wherever this synopsis is coming from is really pulling back with good reason. Because if you go to Deadline, when they were commenting on this article, the way they describe it, and it's based on a book called Harry Haft, Survivor of Auschwitz, Challenger of Rocky Marciano. This is from a Deadline article. The film tells the story of a boxer who survived Auschwitz by being forced to fight fellow prisoners in the concentration camps in ghoulish gladiatorial battles if he won he got fed and allowed to live long enough for the next bout while his 76 opponents were led to their deaths in the camps horrifying right absolutely horrifying so yeah i mean there's plenty here for an oscars movie i would say i mean christ you want to talk about the human drama and intrigue and something something that could pull at your heartstrings and conflict and all that it's to the max here talking about the filmmaker barry levinson hasn't really had a lot of great success with feature movies lately but he's had some great tv movies for hbo i would say mm-hmm. uh you don't know jack wizard of lies paterno those have all been we've been on here talking about all three of those and right. we love them all so i'm hoping this is a return to form for levinson but it's been a while since he's had that kind of success with a feature film i'll have more to say about vicky crepes as well yeah me and nebis bend there you go all right uh kajillionaire this is starring evan rachel wood uh, Deborah Winger and Divine Joy Randolph. Nice oh, to see that. Yeah, already has an 80 meta score, so it's got a high number there. From director Miranda July of Madeline's Madeline. Which Highest movie. rated meta scored movie of two years ago? Excellent film. Yeah. Excellent movie. A strange one, but yeah. very, very good. Uh, premise reads, a woman's life is turned upside down when her criminal parents invite an outsider to join them on a major heist they're planning. So you already, the lead was said with this one, the 80 Metascore, this one had rave reviews at Sundance where it was shown already. Uh, people were talking about it in glowing terms. It comes with the problem that every Sundance movie has. Can it sustain momentum? Can mm-hmm. anything that's released there have that prolonged momentum where it has to go from January to December, essentially, to make the Oscars field? We'll see. The next movie is called Land, and that title forced me to search IMDb for like 15 minutes. You ever try I to do always, like a generic title? I knew a band that called themselves Yes Please, mm-hmm. and they had to change their names for that reason because they kept trying to search themselves in Google. And obviously, Yes Please is a colloquialism, it's so a movie, that would come it's up. Everything is probably <laughs> ten books, but Land is like fifteen films. Right. What the hell? Also, a noun. Come on, just Robin. a thing. Look, Robin Wright. This is I'm rooting for her here. She's directing this. She's starring in this. Uh, Damian Bashir is also starring. He's going to have quite a year himself. Mm-hmm. The uh, the premise reads: A bereaved woman seeks out a new life off the grid in Wyoming. To so be fair, cool premise. If I pitched you that premise, one of the top three names you would have for a movie idea. Is land. Yeah, right. So I think she's right on the money. (laughs) She's probably right on the money. But if you said land in Wyoming. (laughs) Wyoming land. (laughs) Yeah. 
It's more. It's a, it's a specific title. All right. We'll, we'll write. Right. We'll write a letter to Robin. Well, I will. We'll get somewhere. Will. All right. Mainstream <laughs> is the next movie. This is starring Chris Messina, Maya Hawk, and is directed by Gia Coppola of Palo Alto. This family needs of, to be stopped. Relative of Sophia. She's of not course. even. She's not even the daughter of Sophia Coppola. She, Sophia Coppola is Gia's aunt, mm-hmm. but. Gia is a granddaughter of uh, Francis Ford. And Nicolas Cage is part of that family, too. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah. His last name is Coppola. That explains a lot. And he changed it to Cage because he didn't want to seem like it was uh, nepotism when he made it in Hollywood. Could you imagine him getting roles and people thinking that he did it just because of his namesake? <laughs> With how insane that man is. <laughs> like he's a little hit or miss, to be fair. And, you know, when he does miss... He still hits! I'm just saying, you could get accused of being... Yeah. All right. Next Goal Wins. This is from director-writer Taika Waititi of Jojo Rabbit this year. This stars Elizabeth Moss, Army Hammer, and Michael Fassbender. What a cast for us, huh? Mike, this is the adaptation of the 2014 British soccer documentary, which follows Dutch coach Thomas Rongen, who attempts the nearly impossible task of turning the American Samoa soccer team from perennial losers into winners. So this is based, obviously, like it said, on that documentary where the American Samoa team was trying to qualify for the 2014 FIFA World Cup. Mm -hmm. It's kind of cool to me to see all the different places where films are getting adapted from these days, because we've talked about magazine articles. Right. We just last episode talked about a film being adapted from a podcast. Now we have a film being adapted, not from a, you know, from another film, but it's a documentary. It's not a fictitious or a remake or a reboot. The other thought I had when seeing this, this is a Taika YTT film. Disney's got to just sign this guy to an exclusive rights contract because all he does is make the mouse money. And he's involved pretty much on every level of what they do there. He's been linked to Star Wars. He's done MCU films. He's doing original properties like Jojo Rabbit for Fox Searchlight. Mexico Wins is another Searchlight movie. He's almost as important. I mean, if he did a Pixar movie, he would probably be as important to Disney right now as Kevin Feige or Kathleen Kennedy is. I'm with you. And I just watched Jojo Rabbit like for the fifth time. You're in love with after that after I bought it. And I, just, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. He makes he, and I should have known that he always makes good movies because I've been loving his movies forever. Yeah. So I'm excited about this. Same here. This, uh, I mean, I'll talk more about Fastbender a little later. Passing Mike. This is directed by Rebecca Hall. She is the actress from Christine, from Frost Nixon, from a bunch of our favorite movies. She is the future Mrs. Mike One. If you need to see an actress <laughs> with range, yeah, watch. Christine and Frost Nixon back to back. No. It does not look like the same actress. I don't want to watch Christine, period. It's been on my Netflix feed. It's so feed. good, dude. I agree it's with so you. Good. I know it happens. Yeah. I've been it's avoiding hard. that movie. Hard. Like Rightfully so. It's not easy. For years yeah. I've been avoiding that movie. But I, 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 you've talked about it enough. I, yeah. I guess it's good. I'll have to see it. Anyway, passing stars Tessa Thompson, Ruth Negga, Alexander Skarsgård. that cast, too? It follows the unexpected reunion of two high school friends whose renewed acquaintance ignites a mutual obsession. An acquaintance. Mm-hmm. And uh, ignites an obsession. This is like strangers on a train type stuff. A mutual one. Right. And it threatens both of their carefully constructed realities. So I don't know what this is. <laughs> but all I know is... Having heard you describe it in the past 30 seconds, and when I, when I read your copy here, this was the first I knew about it, I immediately was 
Yes. I would like this now, please. Right. A uh, couple other facts about this. It's supposed to be shot in black and white, if Tessa Thompson is to believe, and it's an adaptation of a book of the same name written by Nella Larson. It's supposed to be Rebecca Hall's directorial debut. A lot of great actresses this year directing movies, and that's a that's a good thing. That's I a great thing. wholeheartedly agree. Woman director. I'm all in favor of all of it. I hope it does buku. Me too. Wild Mountain Time, T-H-Y-M-E. It's just about the spice. Starring Emily Blunt, John Hamm, Jamie Dornan, Christopher Walken. This is written and directed by John Patrick Shanley, who doesn't make movies that often. We've reviewed Moonstruck. Yep. And he's, I mean, he's a theater guy, so he does a lot of plays. He'll adapt his own plays like Doubt. Yeah. I believe he that was his own play uh, with Meryl Streep. And Which got robbed at the Oscars. I agree. Philip Seymour Hoffman yeah. there, Amy Adams. Anyway, we have a pair of star-crossed lovers in Ireland get caught up in their family's land dispute. I kind of want to see this movie right now. Emily Blunt, John Hand, Ham caught up in a land dispute. What a year for Irish movies. We just talked wait. last episode about the Martin McDonough one that I has every wait. famous Irish person in Hollywood I right love now. The accent. This one as well. You and I are both like one eighth or one quarter Irish ourselves. I love our each. ancestors. <laughs> I love to drinky poo just once in a while. The entire every every episode in March, <laughs> we should just get hammered off of like Guinness and just stuff our faces with soda bread oh, every that, episode. That is a rewatch <laughs> series. Do you toast your soda bread? No, I don't. I like it just plain. I, 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 do. I like it when it's fresh, yeah. plain. But I, the, the days after, you I like the toast. Toast. I can I can get down with that. I understand it. Yeah. yeah. Well, obviously, it's anyway. It's only. It's all it is is a conveyor belt for butter to enter your system. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> we have Jesus was my homeboy. This was previously an untitled Ryan Coogler project. This is about Fred Hampton, an American activist and revolutionary socialist. Essentially, he is the head of the Black Panther Party. Ryan Coogler just can't stop making black. Black Panther movies, huh? <laughs> That's a bad joke. I'm so sorry. Uh, I am so sorry. I wrote that and felt bad <laughs> immediately. That's a bad joke even for me. Usually a co-host should be like, nah, man, you're all right. It's good. Keep, keep on trucking. No, no, it's pretty bad. No, I'm sorry. I apologize. What's a movie we want to see? Yeah, so according to IMDb and Wikipedia, Coogler is going to be the producer on this movie. Shaka King is set to direct this biopic. It's going okay. to be due out in summer. It's going to have performances. Get this cast as well. Daniel Kaluuya, Lakeith Stanfield, Jesse Plemons, Dominique Fishbeck, Lil Rel Howery, amongst others, are all attached to this one. Nice. Big year for ensemble pieces, which has kind of been the trend in the last few years, us covering and doing these preview shows. No question about it. And Ryan Coogler is just coming off. Black Panther, yeah. where he, he was nominated for everything. Those guys were nominated for a whole bunch of stuff in one of his first movies overall. Can't wait for Black Panther 2. I'm really looking forward to that yes. and, and excited for that, obviously. But all right, it's time now, Mike, for us to flex our predictive and clairvoyant muscles as we this is a this is a gift to you guys really we don't Correct. have to share this information but out of the, the kindness of our hearts we let you in on the future so these are going to be the 100 percent accurate picks for a couple choice categories at the oscars in 2021 here's how we're going to handle this Mike and I have both nominated about two to three nominees each. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes there's crossover. Sometimes it gets up to ten nominations. Don't worry about that. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But Correct. we're going to give you the nominations for these categories. At the end of going over the categories, we will give you the future winners of these as well uh, with some, obviously, information and stories woven in there as only MMO can do. Michael, let's start with the animated feature category. Okay. 
we uh, we have a couple of these movies that we've talked about a bunch already, so I'll just kind of rip them off here. Onward from Pixar. We're going to review that, I think, coming up. Connected from Lord and Miller that I just went over. The Willoughbys, Andrew and I talked about mm-hmm. that in the Netflix pod. We have Soul from Pixar, and then we have Raya and the Last Dragon from Disney. I You wrote those down as your five nominees. Off I, the top of my head. And I wholeheartedly agree. I think it's tough to kind of shoehorn any other pick in there right now. You have the two Pixar ones, you have the Lord and Miller one, you have a big Netflix one, you have a Disney and that's a very chock full category if all these pictures live up to the prestige and the merits of what those studios usually do. Uh, now, clearly, with all that said, these will be the five nominees in reality, so I just wanted to give shout-outs <laughs> to some other animated movies coming out this year that are worthy of keeping an eye on, even though, like I said, they will, unfortunately, fall short of the field of five at next year's uh, Oscars. You're really leaning into this year. You're leaving me no way around. <laughs> Over the Moon, uh, and credit to Watch Mojo, by the way, they had a great yeah. list of upcoming animated films. So, Over the Moon, this is from the Little Mermaid slash Deer Basketball animator making his directorial debut. He's bringing to life a Chinese fairy tale. That'll be on Netflix. Excellent. Trolls World Tour, we have talked about and previewed. I, this is going to be an Oscar-nominated movie, probably for original song, but it could sneak into the field, even Most though it likely. won't, because we said so. Scoob is going to be out there, the Scooby-Doo animated feature. It looks adorable, at it least really the setup. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's going to be a Bob's Burgers movie this a year. A lot Mike. of people are picking this one. I would love that. That would really make me happy. Do you watch the show? I've never I'm seen Not regularly, but yeah. I've seen episodes, and they've made... I, mean, I think they hold up. I've never seen an episode of Bob's Burgers. I think you would like it. It's very dry. Very, okay. very dry. Okay. The Croods 2 is getting a Christmas release. Everybody loved The Croods yeah. 1. Yeah, I don't get it. I've never seen it. Never seen it. <laughs> and Tom and Jerry is actually having a movie coming out on Christmas as well. Interesting. Dated, but interesting. Yeah, I agree. But again, we're about to you know embark on a James Bond character study coming <laughs> up. Anyway, supporting actress, we want to give a shout out to Clayton Davis at Awards uh, Circuit. We want to give a shout out to Eric Anderson at Awards Watch. These are the two go-to pundits yes. that put their stuff out there, that put themselves out there, Michael. Yeah, they do. They're great at what they do. Uh, we use their resources quite often. And we've had Clayton Davis on in the past. We, we have yet to have Eric Anderson on. We, we will love, stalk him until yeah, he comes on. love Very to good. have either both of them on uh, in the future. So <laughs> if that does not happen, be sure for yourself to go check out awardswatch.com that. that's eric anderson's be sure to go check out awardscircuit.com that is clayton davis's yes. we use like we said these resources all year long okay we're gonna go and mention a bunch of people first mm-hmm. then we're gonna tab our three nominations and you're gonna break the rules as you usually do correct okay <laughs> uh i would love to see dune in the mix and charlotte rampling uh, makes me really happy here getting getting the pick. I, I listened to the audiobook Dune like a hundred times yeah. in terms of the setup. And there's a really cool scene with one of the matriarchs of that family. I have not read or seen Dune in I can't years. get through the whole book. Yeah, it's that Period. bad. It's I just always loses me. I've tried like literally I've tried four times. Well, you're hinting at what my reasoning is for the director category and we're going to get to it, but man, if this thing could be coherent and watchable and entertaining, see, I yeah. think it's going to impress some people. And I've only made it through like a fourth of the way through David yeah. Lynch's movie. So, the the only <laughs> thing Dune I've ever made it through is uh Jodorowsky's 
uh, Dune, the documentary, which is great. Yeah, you've mentioned that on here before. A you were a big times. fan of it. I yeah. made it through that. Yeah, How? I have to watch that. I watched the obscure documentary about the movie Never Made, <laughs> and I can't listen to the real story. So Denis Villeneuve's got his hands full. We're not pre- previewing movies anymore, Michael, but why am I going on and on about this? We have Rashida Jones from On the Rocks. This is going to be an Apple Plus movie directed by Sofia Coppola. It's going to be interesting in the streaming wars to see who can land that big win first between Apple Plus is now going to be a major player this year. Netflix has been after it for a couple of years. Amazon, I think they still make movies, don't they? I heard that somewhere once. They got a lot of movies on these lists, yeah. and I've discounted them all. Like, they're not Me high too. on my Me too. List I did not I put Adam Driver in anywhere, anywhere, even though he's very high. Yeah. Right, right. Olivia Coleman is going to be in The Father opposite Anthony Hopkins. Olivia Coleman went toe-to-toe with Glenn Close a few years ago. Are we going to have Wilder Fury 2, Coleman Close 2 with this category, Michael? What if Olivia Coleman has made a deal with her people <laughs> to just be the person to ruin Glenn Close's career? <laughs> like, what if she was behind the scenes and just... She watched Fatal Attraction one day. Right. And she just didn't like it. <laughs> And she resolved in her 30s, I'm going to ruin this woman's career for having what she did to me in these last two hours of my Mm -hmm, life. mm -hmm. And so now she's just following Glenn Close around, trying to screw her out of Oscars. Well, we are... uh, (laughs) We have one unsubstantiated theory uh, going into this year that I'd like to further investigate. I hope Glenn Close doesn't make waves this Oscar season because I truly think if she could stay low one more year, if she knocks that Sunset Boulevard performance out of the park, they'd have to give it to her if she can keep her name out of nominating so they they don't get Glenn Close fatigue every year. I think uh, she's going to be front and center for a couple of movies, though. I think. I think you're right. I, I don't know if it'll happen. Yeah. We're getting there. Yeah. Uh, Vicky Crepes, on behalf of Nevis Ben, uh, from Harry Haft, which is not scary enough title for that premise terrifying that you read earlier. oh my god oh my god the worst of humanity the worst so vicky crepes is probably gonna win anyway <laughs> rita moreno would be a fun story i would think from west side story if musicals rule the day like we keep talking about it looks like that type of year we know the oscars love narratives this one would make too much sense i agree Aquafina, uh, breaking news in Yuba County, is the one I see her listed for most often. You just did the same mistake I did. I thought it was Yuba County. You said in the first part it's Yuba, Yuba Country. country yeah. So that made me confused because I don't know what Yuba Country is. I don't either, but there's an end there. Talk about an unnecessary add-on to this episode. We will see that movie, though, because we are huge <laughs> fans of Aquafina. We are biased fans of Aquafina. How did we not pick her to win here? But probably our bias is saying that we can't pick her to win because nobody will believe us. She should have been nominated, right? Haven't we yeah. gotten to that point where they're just off these Oscars yeah. in the last couple of weeks? I'm upset. The farewell yeah. was cool. Uh, other buzzworthy people, I would say, Amanda Seedfried from Mank, Octavia Spencer, Octavia Sp- uh, Spacer, one of the two. <laughs> Octavia Spencer. Game of Thrones character, I think. <laughs> the Witches is going to be her movie, and you're afraid to see that, actually. I am terrified of The Witches, and this adds to my Octavia Spencer cannot be trusted legacy. Right. If she's as scary in that as Angelica Houston was in the 1990 version of The Witches, no, I'm done. To be fair, she could not be trusted in Ma or Loose. She just can't be trusted. (laughs) (laughs) And I love Octavia Spencer. This isn't a grudge like I usually have where I just have disdain for the person. You're afraid. I I deeply love Octavia Spencer. The scolding look she gave Luce throughout that 
movie. How did she not get nominated, by the way? This is what this is going to turn into, the whole episode. Anyway, from the uh, Williams Sisters King Richard movie, Mm -hmm. we have Anjanu Ellis and Demi Singleton. Yeah, and I'll spoil my pick a little bit. I have one of them going forward in the nominations. Oh, cool. Why didn't you delete this then from that paragraph? Because I I wouldn't, you know, be redundant. You know what I like, Mike? Our natural chemistry. (laughs) (laughs) Nega from Passing is also in here. She's previous nominee. I want Passing to do well. I don't care if it's Oscar nominated. I just want it to do well and make money. Agreed. Uh, Marissa Tomei's been there before. She's going to be in Judd Apatow's King of Staten Island. What would make you happier than seeing Judd Apatow break through to the Academy ranks with that type of movie since he's been... I wouldn't say he's been close, but he's obviously going for that sort of recognition with these films. That release date just yeah. it, it doesn't seem likely to me. I agree. Anyway, I, I forgot to write this down, but Tony Collette may have two movies uh, and two supporting It was so hard for me not to write her name down. Nightmare Alley, and I'm thinking of ending things, Michael. Tony Collette should be an Oscar winner. <laughs> and like I said, it was very hard for me not to write her name down in this category already, but I refused just one, because I have the responsibility to these powers. Mm-hmm. I can't lie to you people. <laughs> and two, I want people to keep listening to us and not think that I'm the hack that I am. Uh, they're a blessing and a curse because sometimes you have to go against your heart because what you feel in your out, you know, your outer synapses yeah. that, that, that touch the, uh, what's, what's that? What is that giant fish monster? The Shulu. Cthulhu? Cthulhu. <laughs> anyway, that's where we get our powers, folks. But uh, Thomas and Mackenzie, I'll move on, is going to be in Lost Girls. Now, here's the thing with Lost Girls. I, I didn't realize this uh, before I wrote her name down. It's coming out in March on Netflix. Yeah. Unlikely. Yeah. Very unlikely. Yeah. So Even though it's a nice cast, again. Let's substitute Thomas and Mackenzie's role in Last Night in Soho here, then, for my list. Which... Again, I think is a very big inflection point in in the career of of Edgar Wright and the kind of the Academy's progressiveness. The Academy has never been more progressive than it is right now. Parasite proves that. If can it embrace uh, the type of director and the type of movie that's a little more offbeat and kind of shovel the last load of dirt onto what the Academy was in the 90s? We'll see. If it's the movie everybody's talking yeah. about, that's going to be a movie that uh, makes some waves yet again. Yeah. But I just think those phenomena come along once in a while. They don't come along every year. I agree with Last everything Night you just said. Soho is a movie that I'm excited to see. I just, I, I don't know. I have some honorable mentions before we Good. get to the hard and fast nominees here because I didn't do this for every category, but this I think was one of the harder ones for me to pick from. Yes. I really wanted to include Abigail Breslin. I have a lot of faith for Stillwater. She wasn't good in the Zombieland sequel. So if you're not I mean, be, it's Zombieland, man. If you're not going to be good in the Zombieland <laughs> sequel, how are you going to be good in the Matt Damon got to go rescue you from being arrested? Overseas movie. Because I want her to be, and she's Abigail Breslin, and it's a Tom no, McCarthy movie. But this is the Oscars <laughs> we're talking about. I had Octavia Spencer there as well. Felicia Rashad. Soul is listed very highly on the actors list on yeah. Clayton David's website. Yeah. I'm not sure why, but I can easily see a narrative being formed around both let's get a an animated feature let's get a voice actor in nominated for the first time ever and felicia rashad being such a veteran of the industry as well does clayton know something we don't where it's live action like three quarters of yeah i I had that thought too is she actually playing herself in it so maybe is it who framed roger rabbit but you know you got cartoons and that would make sense right we're dealing with literally souls of bodies so why wouldn't you show the outside of that maybe yeah i could see that all right, Mike. Who are the nominees? 
Saoirse Ronan from Ammonite. And this is my least confident pick here because the convalescing fossil collector <laughs> requiring some livening up from her trusty assistant. This just sounds silly. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It could be a gorgeous, beautiful movie. I don't want to keep giving this movie shit because it could be beautiful and really, really important. However, <laughs> fossil collecting is so boring. This is the pick of yours that I agree most with. <laughs> I'm not lying I either. Olivia <laughs> Coleman is the safer pick, so I kind of have my foot half in, half out. You're picking Saoirse Ronan as well? Uh, yes, I, I'm right, sure. I'm going to change it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick Olivia Coleman. Okay, fair, fair. Uh, I'm going to go with Amanda Seyfried from Mank. You can probably expect to hear a lot of Mank from me because I have high hopes for that, and I, I think it makes a lot of sense as far as narratives go for this Oscar season. Uh, it's all built around David Fincher. It's, it could be his time. It could be a long-running guy. I know we're in a lot of big directors are having their moment this year as well, so he could be one of any of them. Christopher Nolan comes to mind as well. But if Mank stands up, if Netflix can throw all their weight behind it, and if... It's the one contender in this sea of all musicals that isn't a musical. Maybe things break its way. Amanda Seyfried went to a great school, I hear. Yeah, I heard that a couple times. Yeah, I've, I've told you that a couple times. Anyway, uh, I'm rooting for it, no question about it. My second pick is Jodie Comer from The Last Duel, the Ridley Scott movie. Is this an example of the Laura Dern effect? Mm. And you could take that in a couple different ways. Do we give Laura Dern an Oscar before she becomes Laura Dern? As, I mean, we would have, in retrospect, we should have. So is this going to be what Laura Dern's career should have been? Should yeah. have been. And Jodie Comer's winning Emmys. She's winning all these uh, awards for her work with Sandra Oh, right? Mm -hmm. uh, what's that TV show? Killing Eve. Killing Eve, thank yeah. you. And she's crushing it on the sil on the small screen. She's coming to the silver screen. We've seen that crossover like happen that. a million times. Yeah. That's not a Laura Dern effect. That's not unique to Laura Dern. But we've seen Emmy winners go and win Oscars being casted in movies years later. Makes a lot of sense. Something else that I use that just, I think, makes sense. I did pick Ingenue Ellis from King Richard. It seems like that movie is going to be a film focusing on the upbringing of the Williams sisters. Okay. Uh, and the treatment of their father gave them and shaping them and morphing them because the two actresses slated to play Venus and Serena look quite young. Mm -hmm. So Anjanu Ellis is playing their mother, playing Richard's wife. There's a lot of drama to be had if you know anything about Richard Williams' backstory. So it seems to me there's going to be a lot of emotional meat on the bone for her to play with in, if she's given enough scenes. Uh, she's also been around since the mid-90s. She's had consistent work. She's a veteran of the industry. And she's been in dramatic films such as Men of Honor, to Ray, to The Help, to working with Ava DuVernay and When They See Us this past year. So uh, Ingenue Ellis is kind of a sleeper pick for me, but I think she uh, could be nominated. I'm in for that movie. I, I love yeah. sports movies. I love uh, yelling at kid kids' movies. <laughs> Just in general. Checking your boxes. Checking my boxes. All right, speaking of yelling at kids, Glenn Close... Hillbilly Elegy. I have a feeling she's going to go full-blown Meryl Streep in August Osage County, full-blown Meryl Streep in Ironweed. She's going to pull a Meryl Streep here, and she's going to be undeniable in terms of try-hardness. And when you have an actor this good yeah. trying that hard... It could be a big miss, yeah. but they usually connect. You're playing right into the uh, Ryan McQuaid theory about Glenn Close not being a fan of Meryl Streep and them sharing the same agent and she uh, kind of living in Meryl's shadow there. 
those are eighties grudges from two very, <laughs> you know, uh, a personalities, two people who are just the top of their field. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, I mean, look in Ricky Bobby movies, they say there's nothing wrong with silver, but <laughs> both of them know that's not true. Yeah, but only one's got the gold so far. We'll go to supporting actor now. Okay, a bunch of mentions here. The first is Richard Jenkins. He is going to be in Nightmare Alley and The Humans. Mm-hmm. Richard Jenkins, of course, worked with Guillermo del Toro in The Shape of Water, was nominated there. We have Delroy Lindo and Paul Walter Hauser. They're going to be in The Five Bloods. I can't wait for that. How about this name? Marlon Wayans. Yeah. Marlon Wayans. I hope so, just so everyone that lives in 1995 can be surprised. Validate my (laughs) my 1995. Validate my sitcom watching as a young child. That would be incredible. Yeah. Future Oscar pundit slash film critic. I would feel so much better because I'd be like, Marlon, I always knew Marlon. Imagine if Marlon Wayans and Jamie Foxx, who were both on, I think it was WB or UPN shows yeah. in the mid-90s, both Oscar winners from those roles. To I would they love are that. I would love it so much. Anyway, he's going to be in the Aretha Franklin movie, Respect. Mm-hmm. Sasha Baron Cohen is in The Trial of the Chicago 7. Now, Sasha Baron Cohen, a.k.a. Borat, he is the big set photo right now because he's got huge hair. Yeah. He's got huge 60s, 70s hair, whatever the hell decade that was. We'll find out in a couple months. I'll learn history when I see the movie. Now, this cast, we don't know who's going to break out. You have Kelvin Harrison Jr., uh, Mark Strong, Michael Keaton, Eddie Redmayne, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Mark Rylance. You have Abdul Mateen II. You have all of these guys. Yeah. Big names. And I grouped them all into one nomination, Michael, for this category because my first nominee is someone from the trial of the Chicago 7. Like you just said, there's a billion big names in this ensemble, and knowing that Aaron Sorkin is behind it means at least one of them is going to be a supporting player who has the most powerful speech of the movie trying to tear down a main character. Who will it be? Will it be Michael Keaton? I hope it's Michael Keaton. Probably Michael Keaton. I'd like it to be Michael Keaton. Could be. Sasha Baron Cohen's got the... uh... He's got the photo. Yeah, that, he's, he does have the, he does have the first the first look, which always is which is played well recently. Yeah, that usually means something. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I for for my nominees, I could have picked Adam Driver in the last duel, Forrest Whitaker in Respect, some of the go to names: Chalamet or Willem Dafoe, Nightmare Alley, Chalamet in French Dispatch, Lucas Hedges French Exit. I picked three new people. Yeah, essentially three new people to the Oscars. And I'm a little worried about this, but I can't help it. Stephen Yun. In Minari. He was the one that I shared with you. Getting so much buzz from Sundance. It's just got to help, right? And it, 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 after a year where we're covering the hell out of Sundance film festivals and, and film festivals around the year, we're covering them so much more that the people that really make waves can really follow through and make waves. Look at all the big stories from last year's film festival circuit. Yeah. They wound up got nomin- getting nominated for the most part. I, I hope... Not only that that can happen, but I hope it, it, it translates to bringing more prestige to Sundance because the Sundance films that have done well lately and have kind of won Oscars, they, they aren't related to Sundance as much as I think they should be because for whatever reason, either they get swept up in later award shows or film festivals or they get swept up with the actors or the performances. Sundance has kind of lost a little luster, it feels like, as far as setting, you know, being the prestige of kicking off the Oscar season because it is so early in January. I do think that it's time slot 
it's hard I to agree. associate next year's Oscar winners when we haven't before, even had yeah when we haven't even had this year's Oscars. I agree. I also think you made a distinction on the last episode where maybe these movies necessarily aren't bought at Sundance and the movies that get bought at Sundance are typically what people walk out of talking about mm-hmm. in many ways. Look at that number, right? Yeah. But if it's already a fe- you know, focus features movie, right. we don't talk What's about it. To as talk much. about, right? Right. So, and we just really, and we're not paying attention to it as an Oscar movie yet. Anyway, Sundance rant, right in the middle there. Uh, Tom Burke is going to be playing Orson Welles in Mank. I'm glad you nominated someone from Mank in this category because I didn't nominate someone from Mank in this category. And it's one of the only categories I don't have a nomination for Mank for. Tom Burke is from The Souvenir. He's he's getting his reps in the last couple years with a lot of good performances. I thought he was terrific in the souvenir and i think a lot of people love that movie it's it comes from hollywood royalty with the swintons tilda's in it and and her and her daughter my god that movie just makes me sad just thinking about it right now do you think netflix would be better served just putting all their eggs in the mank basket this year as opposed to spreading themselves kind of thin like they may have last year if they went full force with the irishman and just said yeah we have the two popes too but that's you know, for streaming later. And yeah, we have Dolomite, but you know, just enjoy that when you can. But here's every commercial featured on the Irishman. Here's every billboard featured on the Irishman. Do you think that would matter? Well, they got to figure out if casting a wide net brings more people into Netflix subscriptions. Yeah. And they also got to figure out if casting a wide net wins over more future talent to their, because basically you can only overpay for passion projects for so long. You, at some point, you're going to have to have more of an efficient movie I agree studio machine. But they're also point. doing themselves a service towards that end, I think, in being right now, hey, we're the place where you can go for your passion project. And if they do, if True. they keep that up, and I agree, they have to narrow the budget at some point, they can do that hand in hand with one another to be the home of passion projects, which but I think this could help them chase awards. But this is the time where they're trying to win over a lot of Hollywood people, and not just by word of mouth, but like many, get the creators on their side. Mm. And it's been working. It's been working, no question about it. I, do they care yet that they don't have a best picture winner? I don't know if they care yet. I think they care, but I don't think it's t- priority A1. I think they care that they don't have any of the top four or five categories. Like, Dern winning... director, yeah. Dern winning, you know, was... Director was, and Dern, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're right. I totally forgot about director, too. But I, I, I do think they want an, a lead actor, a lead actress. They want a picture. They want so. it all, yeah. I'm sure. I'm just saying, what's their top priority right. right now? I don't know. Michael B. Jordan from the untitled David O. Russell Project. I have him nominated. Fun fact, David O. Russell directs the shit out of supporting acting performances. Yeah, he does. And he gets him nominated, too. <laughs> he does. In 2010, 2012, and 2013, he had The Fighter, Silver Linings Playbook, and American Hustle, each of which had a supporting actor nomination. 2015, he had Joy, which didn't, but I'm placing my bet and guessing that Michael B. Jordan returns that to prominence. Uh, and he has paid his dues, even for no someone question. so young. No question. He's also gotten some precursor noms mm-hmm. along, and he's got some bigger award show noms which is a bit more attention than my ta- you know my guy for this last this is category. a young category between the two of us but brian tyree henry's just someone who's been awesome and everything yes and you know what fuck it i, I just want to pick these three guys i love these three guys i love their work red white and water they do they just do a great job and t- brian tyree henry's getting a ton of buzz right now i think uh i think it really could be a year where 
you're coming off all of these old fogey movie stars. Mm -hmm. And I think this goes for all the categories. You don't get a lot of young people nominated. I think you're going to get more young people nominated this year. There's been a trend lately in certain categories. It's kind of like a presidential election where you, you live through something one year and then the next year, the next election, the winner is somebody radically they different. They always do this. Yeah. It's just the human beings. Yeah. All right. Lead actress is the next category, Michael. What do we have? A lot of people to mention. We have Jesse Buckley from I'm Thinking of Ending Things. Speak of those young up-and-comers. We got old standbys. Emphasis on the standbys part. Viola Davis, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. This is now coming on Netflix, something Andrew and I did oh, not discuss, by the way. Okay. Uh, we have Jennifer Lawrence from Red, White, and Water, like I just mentioned. We have Emily Blunt from A Quiet Place 2 and Wild Mountain Time. I'm seeing that Quiet Place trailer everywhere lately. It's going to be about that time. I'm, I'm into it. I can't wait. Mm. Uh, Jessica Chastain from The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Glenn Close. Now, is she a lead actress? Is she a lead actress in Hillbilly Elegy? Is she a lead actress in Four Good Days? I don't know. I'm guessing that they're going to you know, take the temperature in one or the other for each. Does just, that make sense? Just sit around the bench until Sunset Boulevard. Do the right thing here. Margot Robbie is <laughs> going to be in that untitled David O. Russell project, which somebody was mentioning was titled Amsterdam. I okay. Know. I know nothing about it, so I will take your word for it. And then we have Helen Mirren in The Duke, movie I didn't profile, but it's like about a scandal in Great Britain. And <laughs> Sophia Loren in The Life Ahead and Melissa McCarthy in The Starling, three movies that we did not profile but I could not add anything else. <laughs> you were at your wit's end. You come from Mike, Mike, and Oscar for all the information. <laughs> Mike, who do you have as your first nominee? Amy Adams. Hill, I think that's safe. Hillbilly Elegy, I think it's safe. I was surprised sense. to see you go Hillbilly Elegy and not The Woman in the Window, but have we completely given up on The Woman in the Window here? Yes, mm, we have. Scary. We're going to have to see that movie, and it's going to have to change our minds, which is putting a tough onus on Joe Wright's movie at this point. I agree. I agree. Which probably it may not even be fair. And I, I guess it's lowering our expectations so we have more room to be pleasantly surprised. Great cast. If they didn't spoil me in the trailer, I might be in. Amy Adams is everybody's bet, whether it's for Hillbilly Elegy or Women in the Window. So she's the one that I share with you. Read off your next two. Anna de Armas is in a bunch of movies this year, including No Time to Die. She's going to be in Blonde that mm -hmm. Andrew and I talked about coming from Netflix, and she's going to be in that Ben Affleck movie, Deep Water. I have nothing for that. Oh, I just thinking <laughs> she's coming off a year where Knives Out, she's awesome. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are chattering that she got snubbed in a wide open year. What I thought was a more open year. I agree with that. And again, I know we're talking about a lot of young nominees. You know, maybe that's to our discredit, but the young nominees we're focusing on, for the most part, are kind of veterans. Like, Anna de Armas has over 30... She's only 31 years old, but she has over 30 credits on her IMDb already. She's, like, in hyper-ass-kicking mode yeah. with every performance, though. So, why not? She's I'm, got I'm a with couple you. coming out this year. I'm, 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 picking, I'm picking her. I'm sticking to it. I like it. All right, my last pick now is Frances McDormand. Also because she's got a couple movies. She's got Nomadland which is Chloe Zhao's movie that could totally pick up. If there, if it's anything like The Rider, it could totally pick up a lot of attention. I wonder if we're in a zone this year where Nomadland comes out. I don't know the release date. I, I didn't look it up, but I know The Eternals isn't until later in the year. If Nomadland, Nomadland comes out, mm -hmm. it gets praise. 
the Eternals comes out. It blows everyone away. But all that does for the Academy is make them go back to Nomadland and appreciate it even more. I think that helps. Yeah, I think so, too. I think that usually helps. I think it helped Florence Pugh this year. Yeah. Everybody was like, you know, she's been doing great stuff all year. Mm -hmm. She's got great stuff coming up. And she did great stuff last year. So let's focus on one of the great things she did, and she deserves a nomination. Does Frances McDormand get the she just won for three billboards narrative? Hell yeah, answer? but if she's undeniably great. Well, so was Leo! <laughs> undeniably great. I'm just going to say she'll probably get nominated. I agree. Because she's going to be in Nomadland and Macbeth. Yeah. With opposite Denzel Washington. Can you imagine? Can't wait. Oh, my God. Just cannot wait for that to see the adaptation, too, from that Cohen brother. Uh, I do love your picks, all three of them. Uh, like I said, they are all veterans. I added a fourth veteran to this. I know Ammonite may not even be the way you pronounce that film's title, but Kate Winslet. I'm putting her in for a few reasons. One, I really want to see a Best Actress field where we have Frances McDormand, Kate Winslet, and Amy Adams because I'd like to see Oscar Pundit's heads explode from fawning over these uh, all the potential nominees. <laughs> that would be fun. Two, it's been over a decade since Kate Winslet was last nominated in the Best Actress category for The oh, wow. Reader. That so she's kind of due. Really? I mean, she was nominated for supporting in the, in the interim for Steve Jobs. Okay, right. So, but lead actress, it's been a while. Uh, three... Ammonite's a period piece. She's playing off Sir Sharonin. Say what you want about the how the premise sounds. It's a period piece, and it's two immensely talented actresses. How many of those in a row can miss if Mary Queen of Scots just missed? I wouldn't think that these this one's going to miss as well. It could. Who knows? Uh, but number four, Neon bought the rights and went from releasing Ammonite at Sundance to pulling it and waiting to release it at film festivals later in the year. And we just had an entire year of mm. Neon proving to be masters at this campaigning thing. So that's kind of an indicator. That's a green flag to me, not a red flag. That's an indicator to me that they think they might have something special here. Uh, so I'm going to ride that wave. That puts the fourth veteran into this category. And so because we have four, I'm again going to go super young with the fifth pick, Rachel Ziegler from West Side Story. She's doesn't she's got the background on stage she doesn't have really much to do in film but i think one of these young actors from one of these prominent musicals either west side story or in the heights is going to break through in one of these categories i agree with you i just don't know which movie it's gonna be i agree four big <laughs> well we do now because i just said it and we're always right that's right there you go so. i'm sorry right. I, I sorry i doubted you now we know but i didn't know Beforehand. Just happy to shed the light. That's that's what I do. All yeah. right, lead actor, a bunch of people to mention here, Michael. We have Bill Murray and On the Rocks. And he I'm, was the toughest omission for me. Yeah, but I'm a little skeptical. Again, I don't know what Apple Plus, what they're going to bring to the table there. They he, got the money, but... If you put Bill Murray in mm -hmm. movie where he plays Playboy, <laughs> in, a thousand percent in. All right. Now, I am very skeptical of this next nomination because the movie Holy Motors. All right. Just watch Holy Motors and just tell I know nothing me about it. This French genius, this sick maniac, this wackadoo of wackadoos who makes excellent films. Okay. They're ridiculous. <laughs> and he's making a musical with Marion Cotillard and uh, Adam Driver. This is Annette, which is getting a lot of. I've seen a lot of people already very high on it and anticipating it. I knew nothing about it. I didn't even know it was a musical. Yorgos Lanthimos was a director where I was like, there's no way this right. guy gets nominated at some point. All he does is fisheye lens. Look, Leos Carax. I don't know if I'm... Leo Carre? No, we're 100% right, so you nailed it. Either way. Holy Motors, Tokyo, uh, Boy Meets Girl, 
made some wacky movies. They're they're uh, the ones I've seen are good. For an amateur cinephile, who's more off the reservation between that man and Well, Yorgos is sick in the head. Right. This guy's more artsy. Okay. But th- these are like artsy, the extriest, most smelliest fartsy. <laughs> Fair. Okay. okay. So <laughs> I just don't believe it's gonna be Oscar fodder at the end of the day. I I hope so. It is an Amazon movie, worth noting. Big names. Adam yeah. Driver, Marion Cotillard, fine. All right, Joaquin Phoenix from Come On, Come On, director of 20th Century Women, really good movies. Mm -hmm. Joaquin Phoenix could be back right there again next year. Daniel Kaluuya in the Ryan Coogler-produced project, right? I should have rewrote the uh, title in there somewhere. It's not even a confirmed title. It's just, uh, yeah, so. John David Washington in Tenet. Now, this is going to be an exciting story if it happens. Can you imagine if he and his dad, Denzel, are both nominated in the same five? He's got a lot of things going for him. One, I do. Th- I didn't include Tenet, and I'll, I'll tell you, I didn't include Tenet in any nominations, but I do think it's going to do something at the Academy Awards. I think it's kind of playing against the fact that Dune is coming out later in the year, which is also a huge blockbuster with everyone in it, but I'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, I would love to see John David Washington make it, not only because he's in the Christopher Nolan movie, he's got that going for him, not only, I mean, he does, he is Denzel's sub. He's like you just said, he's Denzel's yes. son. He's got that narrative going for him. But he also was screwed out of the best actor field a couple of years ago. He should have been there. So he has these elements going in his favor already. How about that? He's great in the trailer. Yeah, like that trail, like his performance in that trailer Agreed. is awesome. I can't wait to see it. Me too. I'm really excited. Michael Fassbender on his, you know, squatting, <laughs> screaming in the stills as a coach. And I love it because this is me two hours a day. And I'm basically a great movie level coach. What if it was but... his character from Shane in these stills? And he's just squatting and his penis is out. No. <laughs> You're a sick dude. Sorry. This recording is going on too long here, folks. Michael Fassbender... Uh, another guy that probably should have had a win by now because he had a couple. He had like five years where he was great and everything. Steve Jobs might be the most overlooked film of the past decade. How did that happen? Awards. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. Anyway, Chadwick Boseman is going to be in a couple movies. Going to be in The Five Bloods and Ma Rainey's Black Bob. Maybe aside from Bill Murray, my hardest omission amongst the uh, the nominees that I wrote down. Anthony Ramos in the Heights, Ansel Elgort, West Side Story, James Corden, maybe less so that last one. I will let you punch me in the face if James Corden is the best (laughs) actor nominee. Somebody from one of these musicals is probably going to be in here, like you just said in the last category. All right, so what do we have for your first nominee here, Michael? Will Smith, King Richard, I just, this screams Oscar-y to me. The only thing I would hesitate about that is so did Concussion. And Concussion and King Richard seem to have a lot of parallels. Yeah, the thing with Concussion is, like, it's such it's such a issue that people don't want to Embrace. hear shit about. Yeah, that's good. That's As good point. Because it's, like, sad. It's like, oh, our America's passion. I'm rooting for people to ruin their minds. Yeah. Yeah, and then do we really want to watch a movie about that? Yeah. No. Look, I mean, we need to pay attention to it but it's not something that you probably go to go to your theaters and, and see and want to put in i think that's a screener really on point. your pile i think that's a it really was just good point. it was vegetables going in king richard is a fascinating like behind vh1 behind the music about the uh william sisters and Who if doesn't that thing watch that? is 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 riding on performances man both those leading performances or leading and supporting however you want to classify them they could be out of this world i agree I put Gary Oldman in there for a lot of the same reasons that you put Francis McDormand in. Right. Uh, for Mank, 
he to me is the leader in the clubhouse right now. If it's not McDormand, it's him for that Leo DiCaprio. This may be the best performance of the year, but we still can't let it win the category because he just won. So let's give him the nomination and that'll be the win. You hold on to things, don't you? I'm not a man that holds grudges at all. Tom Hanks, News of the World. We talked about this with Daniel Howitt. A bunch. Look, he's going to be acting next to that little girl from System Crasher. Is this going to be a road to the Perdition Post movie? Yeah. Right? That's the kind of... Civil War, Wild Wild Without the post-apocalyptic feel, it's just the post-war feel. But he's going to be giving speeches from the post with that (laughs) tone of voice. Been a while since we've seen Tom Hanks reach down deep, man. But it's also like a period piece. It's, I mean, there's a lot going. There is a lot going going for for it. I would agree. Shaky cam from Paul Greengrass could enhance things as well. But look, he's going to have a great little actress to work off of. She's terrific, my God. I am with you for this selection. I'm also with you for your next selection too. So this is one of the categories we have six. Picking my second one to put in stone that you didn't have down already. I hated doing it. Right. I wanted to say Kaluuya, but the summer release date scares me, and I'd feel more confident about saying it if Coogler were actually directing the film instead of just producing. I'd love to predict Pete Davidson, because it warmed my heart, like we said, for Judd Apatow to break through and have that moment, but I, I don't see it happening. Even if his performance is worthy on the merits, it's still probably going to be held against it for being a Judd Apatow movie. I hate not having anything from Tenet, but again, it's summer release date. I think it's fighting an uphill battle being a summer release, whereas Dune is a huge blockbuster with a lot of people that has Oscar aspirations, much like Tenet, but is being released in November. So I think that's going against it. I wanted to pick Bill Murray, like I said. Christian Bale has never worked with David O. Russell and not been nominated for an Oscar. Oh, good point. (laughs) But I didn't pick any of them. I picked Matt Damon from Stillwater. Tom McCarthy. I have a lot of hopes for Stillwater, if you couldn't tell. And I think Matt Damon has actually become a little underrated in the last few years because his last few films that were supposed to be Oscar grab films kind of fell flat. Suburbicon, Downsizing. Wouldn't be surprised much in the same vein that you're thinking about Tom Hanks if Matt Damon's going to be like, wait a minute, I'm still Matt Damon here, damn it. Let me give you an old school retro performance. Let me get myself in this field. And I have faith in Tom McCartney, man. I know I'm biased because I just rewatched Spotlight for the first time in a while. That is such a good movie. It's a good movie. And the performances are so underrated in it. Performances are very good in that. Uh, they were under-nominated. Agree. Agree. Opinions. Matt Damon from Stillwater. That's interesting. I'm going with Denzel Washington from Macbeth. How can you pick against that? It's hard to, to go elsewhere. You, you went against Tom Hanks, so your three is Oldman, Damon, and Washington. I, I said Hanks and Washington. I agree with you on. I could see Will Smith too. Four. Yeah, I mean, this could be. You want to? If you want to blow yeah. this out to fifteen nominees, I'm in it, man. I'm ready. This is looking like a stacked <laughs> yes. category. I wanted to pick John David Washington and his father Denzel in the same category so bad. I just don't know. I mean, I don't know if two movies from July can make have legs. I don't know if Tenet is going to even try. I'll be honest. The way the, what happened with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood has scared me from picking that type of movie in the summer blockbuster. I tried to do it scarcely, but well, that didn't hurt our performance at, yeah. at least. I think we're in. We're due for a couple years in a row for a loaded best actor category. We just had one in 2019, but. We had a couple down years in a row there in the lead acting category, so we're due for these heavyweights to come out swinging. This is a monster year for Best Actor, if I've ever saw one. I I would say the same for Director, too. Okay, mentions, and there's a ton. We have some bigger names. We have John M. Chu Chu from In the Heights, Crazy Rich Asians, etc. 
Denis Villeneuve from Dune. He's a big name at this point. Big names. That's two males. Keep going. Aaron Sorkin, The Trial of the Chicago 7. Three males. Paul Greengrass, News of the World. We haven't said a woman's name yet. Christopher Nolan, Tenet. That's six. Sophia Coppola. There's one. Okay. On the rocks. Now, the big names portion of this is the systemic problem right. with the internet. And this is just the point yeah. I'm making. It's still it's 2020 now, and we're still having the same freaking discussion and the problem. Where as much lip service as the Academy is paying to this, clearly the studios aren't dishing out the big budget, the big chances, and the big opportunities to female directors. No doubt about it. We have Ridley Scott, The Last Duel, Ron Howard, Hillbilly Elegy, George Clooney, The Midnight Sky, Wes Anderson, The French Dispatch, Joel Cohen, Cohen Macbeth, Guillermo del Toro, Nightmare Alley, David Fincher, Mank, Tom McCarthy, which you just deleted. No, Tom McCarthy from Stillwater. <laughs> yeah, I tried getting Mank out of there because I had Fincher. <laughs> Sorry about that. Judd Apatow, King of Staten Island, David O. Russell, Amsterdam, Spike Lee, Defy Bloods. Now, a lot of big names. Huge names. A lot names. of big Huge names. names. A lot of men, a lot of movies that we're not sure if they're going to be Oscar movies or not. So, whatever. We, I didn't pick any of those names. Francis Lee from Ammonite. That's a fun name. That's a movie that you just said. Yeah. Great Good, insight, yeah. Green Flags. Lee Isaac Chung from Minari. Another movie that has a lot of buzz right now. Ronaldo Marcus Green from King Richard. Sure. Nikki Caro from Mulan. Would love that. Eliza Hittman from Never Rarely, Sometimes, Always. Great interview on the Big Picture Podcast. I have big hopes for that movie, too. Miranda July from Kajillionaire. We talked about her earlier. Everybody loved it. Clea Duvall from Happiest Season. Mm -hmm. Gia Coppola from Mainstream. Rebecca Hall from Passing. There's a lot of exciting names in the mix as well. And so, there, there is a decent number of female directors. They just happen to be from smaller movies, which correct. is part of the problem. But it's nice to see that there is a decent number there. Three likely nominees from us now. Yeah. All right. I think the, the safest bet, unfortunately, and I don't want to say the name, but I still love yeah. him. I still love him. He just hasn't dazzled me lately. So you know what, sir? <laughs> you know, you made 15 movies that may have shaped my life. In the 80s, 90s, 2000s, and early 2010s. And I may have referred to you as dad once or twice. But because <laughs> you haven't made a life-changing movie in the last three years, even though I really, really like most of your films, <laughs> a few of them were maybe not quite an A-, minus, but they're only B-pluses. How dare you? Step it up. I'm a little upset about announcing your name here for West Side Story. Steven Spielberg. <laughs> I'm going to be very upset if Steven Spielberg is nominated at the expense of the likes of Aaron Sorkin, John Chu, Tom McCarthy, Christopher yeah. Nolan. But if he does what he can do, and West Side Story is, it wins us over. Yeah, it you're wins right. Over you're your absolutely right. hardened heart. But right now, as it stands recording this February 25th, yeah. do you have any anticipation or excitement to see West Side Story? I, I'm curious about it. Yeah. A little bit. That's how I feel. I'm a little curious, but uh, like if if you put all these movies in front of me right now, it's not I'm not picking it. Probably in like the 30s, yeah. right? Yeah, I'm the same way. I agree. He's very likely. Mike, your first likely nom. David Fincher from Mank. That shouldn't be a surprise based on how this recording has gone so far. Uh, I think the narrative is easy to do. I think Netflix is kind of desperate to have something big happen as far as one of their main movies. And this one's already got some momentum behind it. I th just think it makes a lot of sense. Fincher's been doing great work on television. He might be overdue for an Oscar, right? 
I could see it. I, I, the curious case of Benjamin Button was well received at the Oscars. Yeah. So was the Social Network in terms of nominations. Zodiac so should have been for my money. Yeah, the problem with Zodiac, and I keep rewatching. Zodiac, you have to fast forward Zodiac. It's long. You're right. No, no, no. I can't watch the murder scenes. Oh, well. I can't rewatch. Those are like the pit of despair murder scenes. Yeah. People screaming for their lives. Well, I can't do it. It's tough to murder someone and have them laugh. A lot of times you'll have a score. <laughs> murder, that's, murder. That's murder. what Fincher's movies are missing. That's what he doesn't have. If he put some of that in there. <laughs> Just have the credits to Uncut Gems playing over these savage stabbings. Other movies that we have done franchise rewatches for. Yes. Don't have. Oh, no. Oh, oh God. Every two seconds. No, stop stabbing Well, you me. liked Reservoir Dogs, though. I, I mean, Tarantino's gotten away with this, and you've been okay with it. Tarantino is the king of loud <laughs> soundtracks over he is. murders. He is. But you can still hear the guy scream, is my point. All right. But it's just not, it doesn't drown me. You're okay because sorrow. Steeler's Wheel is playing in the background and you're snapping along. I need along. to disconnect from the horror of the actual situation. I can't I feel it. all the horror. Shout out to all the horror women in horror month, by the way. <laughs> What's your next one like? All right. Chloe's out. I hope so. Nomadland, Eternals. I have a sneaking suspicion that Eternals is going to be bigger than we have been able to hype it up as. I do, too, because I think if it leans into what it could be and it represents a historically oppressed group and gives right. them a main stage right. in a comic book blockbuster, could be a big, huge deal. I think she... Is awesome. Yeah, at, at doing, I agree. At, at, at directing, I think she, uh, the writer was a movie that really blew us away, and it, it was a sports story that mm -hmm. just—I mean, she had no money for that film, Nomad Land. Now she has big stars. She has more of a budget. And Eternal, she has a huge budget. I I agree with Clayton Davis on this one. I'm really excited to see someone this talented, and just get like. A hundred times the resources mm -hmm. for one movie, and, she wasn't and then with actors a thousand times more resources for the next movie. Yeah, this is a great director already working with nothing. Mm -hmm. I'm with you. I, I co-sign and sign me up for everything. I'm buying all sorts of Chloe's Owl stock. Yes. No, no offense to anybody who no. worked on her movies before. I mean, you guys made a beautiful film out of out of no budget. Right. You're all extremely talented. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying this person has talent that's in spades. So. I, I legitimately think as a prospect, like she's like the number one prospect right now in terms of like a sports analogy. And there's no reason to not think and not believe that she will live up to all the talent and potential that she's already shown with the bigger budget and with the greater talent. So it could be on the verge of something very special. You're I'm rooting right. hard for her, but I, I do think she's going to be a household name at the end of the year. I hope the so. Very, very least. I hope so. Paul Thomas Anderson's my last pick, Mike. He's got an untitled project right now. You're playing favorites like I am with Fincher. He swung in late with Phantom <laughs> Thread. I'm just a huge fan yeah. i just know that it, it release date be damned it doesn't matter for this guy a new pta movie comes out if it's on your screener pile you're watching it yeah. if it's if it's in theaters you're going to see it i mean he's just reached that level it's interesting to have him and david o russell who are kind of two of the more prestigious american directors out there right now mm -hmm. having stuff that nobody knows anything about that are supposed to be coming out in the same year i also like that we're on this trend where we have these mega directors helming films in the same year to set up these potential head-to-head matchups. You know, Bong Joon-ho kind of spoiled the party this year, but we have, it was supposed to be Tarantino against Scorsese, and now we're going to have David O. Russell against Paul Thomas Anderson. I mean, it could be kind of fun. But we're both very happy Bong Joon-ho spoiled the party because it was, it was fun. 
big deal. Mm. No, yes. I, no, it was, I, it was I, a big I, deal. I, it, it was, yes, yeah. absolutely right. Absolutely right. I'm just being facetious. Facetious, really. <laughs> My last pick is Denis Villeneuve for Dune. Look, if he could put together, like I said, something watchable and entertaining <laughs> for this property, he deserves to be nominated as a director for the Academy Award. I am rooting for this so hard. Yeah, how could good. you not be? I, I mean... I love sci-fi. It's a mess. I love, I love the audacity of this project. I love the visual ambitiousness yeah. of what he's going for, especially when such visionaries have taken it on before and failed <laughs> remarkably. So, hard. <laughs> so from Lynch to, to Jordan Watson. So we have Denis Villeneuve coming out on Christmas with potentially Mike the most anticipated film of the year, no matter what yeah. comes out before or after this. Because it's just going to be, is it the greatest movie ever? Or is it a fucking stink bomb? We don't know. And Christmas could be loaded because West Side Story is due late. The Eternals isn't due around Christmas, but it's due It's due late in November. But we at have Christmas. Animated films, yeah, so... This is the first movie I want to see. Oh, ah, hands down, hands down. Not our mothers so much. Correct. But us, yes, absolutely. We go now... Let's not take our mothers, though. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, you wanted us to cover the sound categories this year for some godforsaken reason. All right. I, I, I was like in the midst of Oscar bravado. You know, I went 20 for 24 last year. Oh, right. my God. I'm so awesome. We got to just We could do it, Mike. We could pick the sound categories. Our our idols, Clayton Davis and so whatnot, they have their stuff out there all year. You know, we should just try and flex our muscles. And this was so hard. This is the worst year to do this exercise. This was impossible. There was no cheats. Because we're like, oh, let's just pick the war in the car movie. There's no war movie. <laughs> There's Fast and Furious for a car movie. Yeah, it's not going to happen. So the only other things I, I could go with was like the Nolan movie. Right. And then a musical. Because musicals like Bo, Bo Rap right. got nominated. Sure. So, all right. I'm going to go with In the Heights for editing and Tenet for mixing. But if you asked me... 10 minutes from now, which I went for which, I'd probably say the opposite. <laughs> I think you're on to but something. But those are the two movies. Because musicals do do well in the sound categories. I did research that much. I don't know. Is there like a Star Wars movie coming out that I can pick and cheat with? I those tend to of. do well. No. You retweeted something about Star Wars. The other yeah, time. they're just setting the table. Uh, they're setting up their future right now. There was a Collider was covering the event last night, or I guess uh, Monday night they were there, but I didn't see the fallout yet. Um, I'm going to pick Mulan. Cool. Because I think there'll be sounds in Mulan. There will be sounds in Mulan. So I'm going to hang my hat on Mulan. <laughs> Swords clanging, you said. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, yeah that'll happen. There you go. Mulan, call me. Best but, picture, Michael. Yeah, look, I'm not going to go through all the mentions again for this category because <laughs> we've just been mentioning movies for the last three of these episodes. But we're going to get right into our most likely nominees, I would yes. say. My number one is Mank. Yeah, me too. It, it has to be. And that's cool for Netflix, by the way. But I do think David Fincher has the uh, track record. He's doing the Passion Project. You're right about the narrative going in. It's his father's screenplay. Touches my heart. And it's about, like, Hollywood royalty. At the very least, it's probably getting a nomination. I would agree. Fincher doesn't make terrible movies he doesn't really make disappointment if anything it's going to be watchable at worst if netflix puts their machine behind it and it's watchable at worst it could even sneak in even though it doesn't merit it so it has a great chance to be there at the end of the day i think i hope so yeah. i just i hope he makes a good movie here all right news of the world is my number two not my number ranking number two ranking, right. but it's 
Tom Hanks, it's Paul Greengrass, it's that girl that I just saw in a movie that freaked me the F out that I really liked. She's a great young actress. This movie is Daniel Howitt's number one. I'm leaning on a lot of people here. I'm I'm picking a Hanks renaissance that his upward arrow is is really, you know, trending that way. We call that direction. trajectory in the business, Michael. Tom Hanks is is going to have another moment. Yeah, I hope so. It's been a while since we've seen that like I said. So I'm I'm hopeful I'm hoping that he can reach deep dig down deep and give us a classic Tom Hanks performance. Give us one that defines your career in the 2020s going forward, man. You know, Let's give us go. that the definitive Tom Hanks performance. I think in the Heights. I know West Side Story is out there too. You can talk about it. I do think I am buying into the idea that this is going to be the year of musicals. I'm not the biggest musical fan and I think there's a great possibility that these two could cannibalize each other in the same way that maybe Dune and Tenet cannibalize each other should they make it. But I would not be surprised to see either or both nominated in Best Picture. That is a, such a great trailer. Yeah, that is. And I just saw it again yesterday in the big screen. It gave me goosebumps. Yeah. I, there's a, it looks spectacular and colorful and bright and Lynn memoir well, red, obviously. Speaking of musicals, I do think West Side Story. This makes sense. It's just going to get a nom at the end of the day if it's any good. And I, it, may, it doesn't even have to be great. It could be like a B movie. Yeah, and not, he's, he probably doesn't make a movie worse than that. I am with you 100%. What about, the, you know, I know you didn't write one down and putting you on the spot here. What about kind of an underrated pick if you had to say on the Best Picture nomination? Just pick one. I want to say Dune. Like, I, I that would really be awesome. Do. I really do. I want to say Defy Bloods, Spike Lee. That would be awesome that as well. That feels oscar to me when I talked about it with Andrew. You know, the, I have no idea what the Macbeth movie is going to be. Is it going to be a movie set in modern times and it's just the Macbeth story, which would probably be more palatable mm-hmm. to an Oscar audience, or is it just Macbeth? I hope it's the former and not the latter, personally. And you know what? Look, Christopher Nolan and Tenet, you know, the guy's Inception was was a best picture. Dunkirk was a best picture. The guy Dark Knight changed the best picture category. He doesn't make bad yeah. movies. Even Interstellar, like you go back and you rewatch that. I didn't like that at all when I, I first saw I it. I ever saw it. I've gone back and rewatched it. It's it's solid. I yeah. still don't like the whole fucking bookcase thing, but <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. I hope you are right. I would like to. I would love to see Tenant at the end of the day. I just think Dune steals it. I'm terrified to ever pick a summer movie anymore to be a favorite after what happened this year. I agree, Thanks, and I Bong. still I'm still looking through this whole list here while you're talking. I'm supposed to be listening to you, but Chloe Zhao, Eternals. You know, never rarely, sometimes, always, or Minari from like uh, this film festival early buzz period. I would love to see movies like this have legs as well. There's a bigger conversation to be had someday here about how the Oscars have started to kind of transform into the popular picture narrative without the category. Because we're talking about a big Christopher Nolan blockbuster. We're talking about a big Denis Villeneuve blockbuster. We're talking about an MCU movie. There's not a whole, a big Netflix movie. There's not a whole lot of niche pictures we're talking. Now, obviously, they will be there at the end of the day because they always sneak through. So we're going to be talking about them as they come up. But this year, we had a couple blockbusters. It was a great year for blockbusters. 2020 looks like it could be a great year for blockbusters. I wonder if that also, that, that landscape is changing for the Academy as well. Let's go forward, Mike. Let's pick the winners here. All right. Animated feature, what will win? 
Raya and the Last Dragon is my pick. This is no surprise to anybody I've picked it in a couple I'm of with you. The release date, Disney Animated Studios, makes too much sense. It's an adorable picture. Right? Although I have the feeling Onward is going to be taken yeah. more seriously than people seem to be taking it right now. Well, but it's getting good marks, yeah. and we're going to review it. We'll, we'll be able to, I mean, we reviewed every Pixar movie, <laughs> so we'll be able to stack it up and see how it plays. But that's still from Raya and the Last Dragon. She's ri- riding like a porcupine dragon. It's adorable. We've all been there. It's adorable. It's <laughs> fantasy. It's like silliness. Oh, my God. If you had an imaginary dragon to ride, what would it be crossed with? What animal? Not a porcupine if I got to sit on it, no. but... English bulldog. <laughs> <laughs> I, that, that's a good point. I love that. All right. Uh, supporting actress, Michael, you start here. I said Amanda Seyfried from Mank. I'm going to repick, and I'm going to go with Ingenue Ellis from King Richard. Wow. I don't know if that's smart. I, it's a total shot in the dark because I don't know much about that other than Will Smith is going to have some scenes to steal. But I'm going to go with that. You're clairvoyant, and that's the whole point it's of true. this process. Yeah, that's, that's true. I forgot about that. This anyway, is correct. But you're incorrect because my pick is 100% correct. <laughs> How does this work now? They're going anyway. to split the Oscar in two. <laughs> Glenn Close is my pick, and I do think... She breaks through this year. That'd I think she's got moment. two shots That'd be a great moment. at the Apple. I think being in the supporting actress category with a hefty role that we always see the lead actress level screen times get pushed down into the supporting category. You know, we're talking about is she leader? Is she supporting for both roles right now? Can she perform? That little, probably means she's got a meaty role in both. Little category fraud to get her her first uh, win there. I, that would be awesome. What color dress does she show up in? Not gold. Just like a platinum one that's glowing with translucent light. She should just run it back the same exact (laughs) way. That would be amazing. Double it down, be wise and old, and just say, this is the way I do it. There's a wrestler named Velveteen Dream who has uh, the the faces of his opponent's wives spray painted onto his cross. I would like Glenn Close to do that with Olivia Coleman's face. (laughs) On that trail of that golden dress, Olivia Coleman's husband's face, perhaps. Right, yeah, or that. I would, I was, or she takes him as her date. They, that prob- night. they probably love each other. Do they hate each other? Are I they want rivals? them to hate each other now. In we my do. head, they're rivals. I don't know. <laughs> Supporting actor Michael Stephen Yun. I wanted to pick him. I just don't see an obvious pick in this category. Yeah. I like your pick too, but I do think it's going to be an up and comer in this category. I'm rooting for guys like Paul Walter Hauser and Brian Tyree sure. Henry and, and those kind of actors kind of, you know, really on the cusp. And this happens a couple years, you know, it's again, one year goes to the big stars. Nobody else is nominated, but the big stars, uh, the movie stars for, for years and years and years. And then the next Year they nominate all future movie stars, and then yeah. you got how many years? You got a mixture back and forth. of uh, you know, you got a character actor here and a movie star there. Blah blah blah. Yeah, I, I think it makes a lot of sense, and a lot of people thought that he should have made nomination for Burner a couple years ago. It would take a lot for him. You'd have to be widely accepted to have a guy go from no nominations to just winning it on his first try. But if that happens, it does happen easier in the supporting category, so it makes a ton of sense. Everybody says it's a bona fide great performance mm. from Minari, and he is an excellent actor who's. Been been acting in some cool 
movies. Yeah. Some cool ass movies from uh, that movie where they're just in the office and it's like Battle Royale that I forget the name of. I know what you're talking about. Sorry to bother you. He's in there. And then, of course, he's on The Walking Dead. Of course, he's in in other stuff. But I mean, Burning. Yeah. He was great in Burning. Yeah. So he does have, you know, maybe more reps than than people give him credit for. Uh, I have a young actor in the same Michael B. Jordan, just uh, that track record with David O. Russell. Stephen Yoon was my first pick, but I didn't want to copy you uh, since I already did for Ryan the Last Dragon. So Michael B. Jordan from David O. Russell's Untitled Project. You mean you heard a voice from a bush? Right. By Bush. That's that's why you didn't copy me. And they're going to call both names at once. Stephen B. Jordan (laughs) Yoon. And they both come up. Yeah, that's how this goes. Lead actress, Michael. I got to go with Amy Adams at the moment. You're going with the hillbilly elegy Amy Adams again? Elegy. Elegy. We looked it up. All right. Together. (laughs) I played it really loud. So you think she's, you have a couple big streaks being broken here. Glenn Close gets her first. Amy Adams gets her first. Yeah. Will Smith. I don't mean to give it away, but. Will Smith. Yeah. That's my lead actor right right now. King Richard and Amy Adams from hillbilly elegy. It would be funner to say it elegy. I do. Hillbilly elegy. Yeah, I'm going to keep calling it elegy just out of of enjoyment for myself. That's That's a fun, like progression of sounds you would have the most heartwarming academy award show if all these first-time winners and long-time sufferers just kept coming to the stage and, and be accepting their first time that'd be awesome i would like it i'm rooting for it mike you gotta go into your lead actress and lead actress. yeah i did kate winslet i wanted to pick Sir Sharona for the supporting but i knew i wanted to pick kate winslet more for the lead so i didn't want to pick them both so i'm if, going with winslet if for you Hammond didn't I. have that little tidbit about them moving it to the you know more oscar yeah. film festivals i would have been like is this movie really a really <laughs> i'll believe it when i see it but maybe really. faith in neon more so than faith in what was what, what that the archaeology what's her profession it's just funny. I don't <laughs> think romance should blossom in certain scenarios. On the field of bones. <laughs> Matt Damon as my lead actor pick. I don't know why. <laughs> why not? He doesn't have a actor win, does no, he? No, he does not. And he hasn't been nominated since The Martian, which apparently is a comedy by Golden Globe standards. He's going to be forget. very sad about Amanda Knox's daughter being locked up overseas. That is 100% just the pick because I really like Spotlight more than I remembered liking Spotlight. <laughs> but that might factor in. I and hope so. Also might factor in because of the premium movie channels featuring and showcasing movies when they're supposed to be showcased. This is not an accident at this time next year. Yeah. Spotlight might be back in rotation. Tom McCarthy movies might be just on the tips of our tongue. I don't think this is an accidental. No, and... and- not think we know it's not because we're 100 percent we're 100 yeah. lead actor like i said will smith I, I think it's gonna happen director all right you got a pick based on hollywood history it just yeah i mean it's a it's been a while since the movie about movies did gangbusters at the oscars it happens every few years though it happens every four or five years i mean argo and right the artist and and it didn't happen with once upon a time in hollywood and it didn't happen with la la land those are superior films to the uh, the argo right and the artist right but the the a few years later hollywood wants to talk about itself and think right about itself. i i don't think it'll be able to resist one of those third times the charm type deals so yeah i have david fincher for director and mank winning my best picture right now David Fincher would be a cool win. I'm going to be upset if I liked the Clo Zhao directorial job. And either one of those movies, again, I made the argument, I think Clo Zhao, if she gets in, 
she's going to have waves of momentum. I agree with you. I, there's a lot at her feet right now, and she does have a loaded year of potential. Because once you realize what a superstar she is, mm-hmm. you're going to be like, fuck, yep. we gotta, we can just give it to her. God, the writer was really good. And it was a anyway, horse movie, and I'm saying that. Right. Uh, news of the world. <laughs> that means a lot, folks. It means the most of anything he's fucking said this whole episode. My best picture right now is News of the World. You got high hopes for Tom Hanks. What a perfect Oscars you would have here, though, pitching. I listen to my guests, and I also think that... You know, Daniel was kind of, you know, honing in on what this movie really is. This is going to be Tom Hanks in a true grit scenario with a great, adorable young actress who's going to be acting. They're going to be acting circles around one another. I mean, think about Leo and Julia Butters on this road Mm -hmm. trip. That might be the only way it would be better. But we have the two people that are just endlessly, you know, charismatic. I think what you're pitching with this Academy Award, this would be the greatest Oscar show ever because you have all these first Amy Adams come to the stage, Glenn Close come to the stage, Tom Hanks is putting forth a, a best picture worthy winning performance. And in the year of Bond, you'll have the born <laughs> director yeah. win the best picture. I don't know what's going to happen. None of us do. But this is a lot of fun. I'm, I'm glad we do. Yeah, great job by you, Mike, in preparing these episodes and, and, and taking part with, alongside Andrew from the Nomcast with part one of this that I did not participate in. But we also want to thank Daniel from the Screeners podcast for uh, helping us out with part two yes, as yes, well. Yes. Look, we have a lot of fun in doing this and a lot of tongue-in-cheek and, and comedy, even though we're 100% serious because this is actually what's going to happen. But nonetheless, the point is we wanted to have these movies be highlighted so you can kind of have in your brain already what to look forward to for the upcoming awards race because the Oscar sprint never ends. It's the greatest cardio performance ever. Once one (laughs) sprint hits the finish line, the other one is already underway. So... As always, guys, we want to hear from you. What movie are you most looking forward to? What movie do you think uh, will surprise and have legs in any of these categories? Or do you have other category winners that you are 100% sure and accurate yourselves will do well? Pitch us those. You can leave us those thoughts, comments, questions, concerns. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook. Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Instagram. At MM and Oscar on Twitter. Mike, Mike, and Oscar at gmail.com.com. And on Reddit, we are available everywhere you hear podcasts. And... If you would be so kind as to leave us a five-star review on the Apple Podcast app on your iPhone, it is that little purple square with the white mank sticking out of the middle of it. <laughs> Michael, what is coming next from us now that 2020's table has been set, and what are some words of wisdom to end on? We are starting our James Bond character study with an intro episode. This is going to touch on the timeline and the history of the James Bond franchise, the books, the films, the actors, the Oscars that they won, that the Oscars that they were nominated for we are going to lay out some of the uh the segments that we're gonna you know go through with each bond by bond episode and we're not gonna you know do a movie per episode no that's not possible we did that with pixar we did it with pixar that was a 20 something you know episode rewatch this is going to be more like the Joker character study where we analyzed a bunch of things for each one of those episodes where we're, you know, we're, I mean, we're going to do a Connery episode where we're going to have studied seven movies. Yeah. And hopefully it's going to be lighthearted and fun. That's the idea and the Genesis behind it because you know, yes. the Tarantino one was heavy and the Pixar one were heavy in ways because we were studying them in vis-a-vis what they do upcoming, how they, how they may shape the upcoming Oscars races. This one. Yeah. There's Oscars stories related to it. You're going to hear all about that. Is No Time to Die going to be an Oscars movie? 
Probably not, but it may be. So it may we'll be see. in a few categories. Billie Eilish might be to get nominated. You're right. It's going it. to win that. <laughs> Probably. All right. Well, look. I think it's a it's a rewatch series that we don't we could take the pressure off. Even yes. though the title is pressurized, <laughs> we could take the pressure off and just love what we love and hate what we hate. And let me be honest with you. I've already been rewatching a bunch of these. I hate some things. It's, yeah. Hate. You're yeah. gonna get fire from me. Yeah. You're also gonna get some love. And I've been reading multiple books on this. I got. I just bought the uh, the Roger Moore book. Where he goes through his entire you life with Bond. So over prepared for this, and I have not started watching yet. <laughs> I, I I listened to one book already. There's these guys that do a podcast. I've been listening there. So uh, I'm doing the deep dive thing. I don't have a whole life attachment to Bond, like knowing this series in and out. Right. So it is a, a, a legitimate character study. It's an investigation for us. But I think we're pretty hyped. I can't wait. Yeah, I'm very excited for it, and I'm excited to see. How ridiculous we get. (laughs) (laughs) Look, this was our sweet spot for what we think, you and I think is some of the best work we've done. Yeah. The Halloween franchise rewatch. So just maybe that was fun. I mean, that was a lot of fun. And we hated some shit in those movies. We love some shit. I won't be here to hear that. I'm sorry. I don't recall any of that at all. Don't know what you're talking about. Guys, uh, Mike, words of wisdom. Oh, I had some, something here. Yeah, here you go. Uh, if you don't go back and check your predictions, you're never wrong. That's <laughs> the old uh, George Costanza from J- Seinfeld. It's not yeah. a lie if you believe it's it. It's probably terrible <laughs> advice and not wise no, at no, all. No. I get it. Well, man. it's wise, but it's wise if you want to win and just think of yourself. You know, have too much, have too much of an esteem for yourself. If you never check the score, you can't lose. That's true. <laughs> but anyway, onward, Quiet Place Two. I meant to say that MMOW. Every episode's been stacked. By yes. the way. Like, we've done two MMOWs since we started doing MMOWs again. Both of them have been, been huge things, goings on. It's so that funny. Have happened. We were like, let's go down to three episodes a week so we can kind of take our foot off the gas. It's like, yeah, we'll go down to three episodes a week. Yeah, An hour and 40 minutes each episode. <laughs> yeah. So we we're ended up, and so we went from doing four episodes a week. Yeah. Two of them at least were under an hour. <laughs> right. And now, doing five episodes worth of content in three shows. Correct. Uh, you're welcome, Lister. <laughs> Guys, when reality sucks, you can come watch these movies and all of the 2020 movies now with us. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar trying to make award season year-round without the stuffiness. We will see you. Get your Walter KPP7 out and your tux on very soon. See you.